This is Marriage Real Estate Podcast, back for another week. I'm your host, Kevin Shelton, with my lovely co-host and wife. Oh, Aisha Shelton. <laughs> <laughs> new new intro, who this? Yeah, yeah. I guess uh, I've never done the intro before. Yeah. Or very rarely. rarely. It's yeah. like not a thing. Yeah. But I'm hitting, I see this gives you energy. That's why I be yawning. See, now you yawn this week. I'm a yawn, yawn counter on the screen. Yawn counter, but not for me because I can keep it together. And I may yawn and still keep it together. Okay. So, so this me. week we're talking about... Is affordable housing real? Or just what affordable, is affordable housing. housing? What is affordable housing? Is, af- is housing affordable? Is housing affordable? See, you always got the, the better titles. I just be talking. Nah. So is housing affordable? Is it? Uh, long pause. I, is it? <laughs> no. That's why we're raising money to build more affordable housing. No, I'm just playing. No. So it's relative. The answer is mixed, right? Housing is affordable, but it depends on your situation. It depends on availability, what your market is, what your price point is, and ultimately what vehicle, meaning if it's down payment assistance, what what instrument you're getting into the houses. Because there's some areas I can say housing is extremely affordable, and there's some areas I can say housing is not affordable. It just depends. So the answer that I have is it depends. What about you? I would say is housing affordable, maybe not the house that you want, but (laughs) is there housing that is affordable that's in your price range that can help you build wealth, that can help you uh, start or get into the game of real estate, whether it be for your primary residence or for investing? Yes, but you'll have to step down your expectations in order to get into that home. But is there affordable housing Yes, because there are also uh, creative ways to get into those houses as well. Yeah, let's talk about that because I um, I was having this conversation with one of our staff yesterday, and he was telling me that he bought a house as an investment with a friend. And I was like, but you don't own, so why don't you buy a house for you? And he was like, oh, well, you know, the house that we looked at, it was nice and I could afford it. But it's not in my ideal area. Now, he lives in a very nice area in a rental or actually in an apartment. And I told him, I said, that's actually where you need to look is you need to get a house in the worst area because that's what's affordable to you. You can't get both worlds. You can't live in the best area in town and have a house that meets your price point. You got to give something up. Well, and that's the conversation that I'm having with a lot with a lot of clients too, because it's like we build new construction, mm-hmm. affordable housing, two hundred and thirty thousand price range, but it's also is in a community that is currently under redevelopment, right? And so we've taken buyers through there, and they go, "Oh yeah, I love this house, but the area." And what they say is you want to get to the area before the Starbucks is there, because if you wait until after it's there, well, you already missed the opportunity. And so it's having conversations with people like, yes, the area, but what about the appreciation and the equity that you'll gain from this property? And so it's really shifting people's mindset. And I think that, and I say this a lot when I listen to episodes about our community, but in our community, shifting our mindset to real estate being an asset instead of like, this is looking at it like an asset and using it as a tool as well as, you know, your homestead. Yeah. And then ultimately, 
people being prepared to sacrifice their comfort for the long-term gains, yeah. right? Like if it's an asset, it can't be, you're not going to get the best, right? Like it's not going to be the most comfortable. It's not going to be the most ideal for uh, you at the moment because you're making an investment in time. And let me take that on, on a, <clears throat> spin that a little bit different. Um, there was a, a buyer who came through one of the houses that we were looking for for sale. He sent me the property that he was selling. Well, when he bought it at $800,000, so there's still, it's that delay is what I'm trying to say, or some kind of sacrifice that you have to make on mm -hmm. the onset. So he bought the house at 800000 He went in and made all of these renovations to it. Now it's, they're trying to sell it for one point four or $1.2, mm -hmm. right? But there was a sacrifice in yeah. there somewhere. And so that that's his sacrifice because he had the money to do that. What's your sacrifice when you don't have the money but you still want to get in the game? And I think that the game looks different for each person. So, like, what is your game plan? And if you're just looking for a house to be beautiful in a comfortable place and um, that checks all of your boxes, then you're probably not going to get what you're looking for. The other thing is... This is if it's your first home, especially if it's your first home, it's not your last stop. Most people buy two to three homes before they get to their final home destination. So mm. people keep looking for their dream home, but they make forty thousand dollars a year. Well, they don't have no dream homes like that. And maybe I mean, you know, understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like your budget needs to match your dreams, and you should upgrade your dreams as your budget and your income increases. True, and you should have that long-term start with the end in mind, right? Like go into it eyes open, knowing this is not your final house. So you have something to look forward to. It's funny. I was talking to Malachi and um, we had the, the debate about first homes. Right. And I told him our story about uh, not being able to buy in my original neighborhood that I wanted to be in because we had the situation with my grandmother, with my step grandmother. And for those of you who don't know, and I'll I'll tell the story briefly, but one of the reasons we got started in our business, uh, in addition to, um, you know, being on the investment side is we were robbed out of a house. And the reason we, you hate when I say robbed, we were robbed out of a house. We let weren't. me Let me tell a story. We were. So. We disagree. Me and my grandfather used to work on this house. Now, this house is in Third Ward, Texas, and little bungalow cute little house and as a kid and a teenager I used to go help my grandfather fix it up or whatever this house was given to him by his sister who was his best friend who our middle daughter is named after right so trying to build the case for the robbery I'm building the case for the robbery of course so literally family house given to my grandfather I want to buy it now, my grandfather's passed away. Me and Aisha are together at this point, and we are not married yet, but we're building our lives. We're having conversations with my step-grandmother, who's my grandfather's wife. I, the only reason I call her step-grandmother is for the purposes of this conversation. The only uh, Christopher we recognize is Wallace. Anyway, so long story short, she promises me the house, gives me her word, we get our stuff ready to buy the house. I go to her. I say, hey, we're ready to buy the house. She doesn't answer the phone. Ghosts me completely. Now, mind you, I just put a roof on this lady's house. We did all this stuff. Anyway. What? I did. That's the truth. Called my mother. Come on, man. And she tells my mother, if Kevin wants to buy the house, he can put an offer on it with my real estate agent. 
Now, this was my house that she had no right. She had legal right, I guess, because she was his wife. She has legal right. She had no inherited right for the house. Let's, let's for the sake of just the show. Don't shoot her no bail. I'm not shooting her any bail. It it's one thing people say all the time. It's just like it's it's just it's just life, right? Somebody be like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna give you this," and it's a gentleman. It's not a deal. gift though. I was it's, buying that. It's not. I know that, but it's it's a it's a it's a verbal commitment. That means absolutely nothing. A verbal commitment of, "Oh yes, I'm gonna do this." Well, if things, in my opinion, if things changed on her end, maybe she needed the money, maybe she wanted the money, as opposed to because remember the agreement was she would sell it to you below market value which doesn't make sure. doesn't make any sense at all like that doesn't make sense so maybe her mind changed and because she was one had legal rights to the home and two wasn't legally bound to the verbal agreement that we had like she don't owe us nothing that's our loss like I think it's a fallacy to set yourself up to say, well, somebody such and such told me. And I feel like we do that in our community all the time. Like, well, you said this. Like, is it in writing? Then you can't hold me. Okay, cool. No problem. Okay. Talk don't. to me in heaven. Kevin. You're going to talk to me in heaven. Don't we ain't show gonna, you, On don't this show, earth. Don't show yourself. Don't show your I'm true not, colors. All on, I'm saying is. Don't show your true colors on the world. All I'm saying world. is on this God's green earth, you won't speak to me again. You're going to talk to me in heaven. Vengeance is whose? The Lord's. So stop. And we'll see them together. Okay. Anyway. So long story short, she sold the house on the open market. When that possibility went away and we're looking in the area that we want to move in, there's no new construction homes. So being there's no new construction homes, Aisha's like, I'm going to live in a renovation. I want to live in an old raggedy house that we're working on while we live there. I want to live in a new house. So we had to move further out, like to the edge of the city, right before the suburbs. Mm-hmm. Mind you, great area. I love our house. It's not a, It's not a problem. But that was a missed opportunity of appreciation because – that house probably appreciated much faster than the house that we're in now mm-hmm. because of its location and the proximity to the city. Um, so that's one area where housing affordability became a thing and it gave us the opportunity to create the instrument that ultimately brought more homes in our business and all these other things. Yeah. So we definitely understand the need for affordable housing. Our families experienced it. Um, And how that translates to people is sometimes your ideal dream goes away. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you lose the opportunity. That doesn't mean there's not an opportunity. That just might mean it's not an ideal opportunity. But see, and my thoughts are that you there are there are several opportunities. Sure. I agree with you opportunity and so what happens is when people are in the market and they're saying like oh man these interest rates and I'm gonna wait or I'm gonna just rent like there is an opportunity in every market Mm -hmm. and if you're working with a professional who is solution oriented and also just savvy in real estate then they can show you what those opportunities are and say hey don't miss this opportunity because two years ago I'm telling people hey there's opportunity in this market you need to get in but also right now I'm telling you there is so much opportunity in this market and if you can afford to get in even if it's not at your dream home price you get in somewhere in there and then let's have a conversation about your next house we can do both of those at the same time Mm -hmm. we can say okay this is where you are i need you to get into something right now so that you can realize the value and then let's touch back 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when you when your pockets get a little bit bigger, when the economy just time. gets better. Like when interest rates go down, whatever. Right. Because I cut you off. Is uh-huh. that what you're looking yeah. at? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but yes, I agree with you. So, I mean, I think that in general, we need to make adjustments to uh, what our ideal is and remember that this is a, a tool as well and we need to put our hat, our tool hat on. Is it a tool hat? No, hard hat. <laughs> we need to put our hard hat on. Thinking cap. Thinking cap. There put on our thinking cap so that we can be on the upside when it's time for the upside. But as long as you stay outside of the market, you will never catch that upside. No, that's true. Side note, complete side note. Yeah. You remember in Clubhouse when people like one mic? You remember? No. <laughs> Is it just me? People, we understand one mic. Does that mean like you can't talk over people? Like one person talking at a time. Oh yes, got it. Clubhouse is so dead. Ah, uh, it's not. People still use it. Very, very rarely. Like I don't. I see people still on it. Yeah. But nobody's using it like. Not like not like when we were stuck in our houses and couldn't go outside, and all we had to do was talk to strangers across the country because that's what Clubhouse gave us. That was a different time. Who has time for that now? We had a lot of time during the pandemic. I mean, yeah, we were at home with a new baby, so that's true. I mean, just in general, everybody had a lot of time. Like, that's true. What could you do but nothing together? No, true. So now that we've identified that housing can be affordable if you make the sacrifices and do the things and work with the professionals, what are some concrete steps that people can take to start identifying these opportunities? Who are we talking about? So are we talking first about time like home first-time homebuyers? Yeah, because that's the people who don't have a house. Somebody's not a first-time homebuyer. They have gone through the process. But I was going to say, too, I was going to ask you, what do you think about should should people invest right now? Are there investment? Yeah. Yeah. I think that everybody five years from now, ten years from now, it's going to look like, man, I should have bought. I should have bought something then. Because that's how we feel about ten years ago. Right? Like, everybody who didn't get the twos when interest rates were twos is kicking themselves, right? The same way in the 90s when interest rates how were about, in the teens, they're giving us perspective. How now. about when earlier this year, like in January, February, everybody was like, I'm going to wait to see what interest rates do, and they waited, and man. Let me tell you a funny story. So my best friend who just bought a house at the, the tail end of last year, our beginning of this year, tail end of last year, so he bought a house in the Heights. And you telling me the story like I don't know these people. But go ahead. I'm using the story to illustrate okay, the point. It. Right. So literally he contracted the house in the lull in the market where interest rates had spiked up mm-hmm. and nobody was buying. There was a lot of fear in the market. Locked in a decent interest rate by working with his local bank, got the house for three hundred thousand dollars off its list price. Mm-hmm. If he would have waited one month, two months, he would have paid full price for the house at a higher interest rate. Yeah. But it's because he didn't wait, right? I would say, so, so okay, because I'll just address my own question. Should people be investing in this market? Can people invest in I this I like market? how you did that. What? That was smooth. Why? You said, I'll just answer my own question. <laughs> you didn't give me the answer that I was looking for? Um, oh, I mean, I thought I gave you... <laughs> 
And maybe you did, and I'm just... You have your own answer. I do. I, that's it. So should people be investing in this market, I <laughs> If you have money, then yes, because you can negotiate the hell out of a good deal. Yeah. What if you don't have money? If you don't have money, then you can't. I mean... What about the woman who got $150,000 that they showed at that event we spoke at? What? There were two women who got up and spoke. They each got one hundred fifty thousand dollars in down payment assistance. Yeah, no, I'm talking about not your first, not your first home. If it's your first home, yes. If you oh, first gotcha. home, you have good credit and you have a little bit of money. Okay. Then yes, get in the market however you can. And if it's not your first home, you're saying don't buy. If it no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if it's your first home and you have some money. Okay. Then you should buy because there's a lot of opportunity. Uh, there's some upside. If it's your set, if it's not your first home and you don't have any money and you're an investor, you might want to chill. Well, you really don't have no choice. We chilling. Well, eh. so that's relative. You talking about us or the no, people? No, I'm talking about the people. So that's akin to what their investment strategy is. And I, I don't want to say don't buy because the reality of the situation is there's still people buying every day. Yeah, I'm not right. saying. And yes. the people who are buying are taking advantage of the ability to negotiate crazy deals, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say if a house is listed for four hundred thousand dollars and nobody's buying, you could negotiate thirty, forty, fifty thousand mm -hmm. dollars off these houses these days. You could. And if you're ready to buy, then you know you're in the best position to get this is Christmas for cars right now. It this is. is ain't nobody buying. It's rainy days at the car shop, at the car dealership. And they need to move some cars. So people making some deals. No, people are making deals. And I think also the feedback is because I, would, I was talking to somebody, a few people. This is the first economic downturn of our generation that we feel. In right? adulthood. Yeah. In adulthood, right? Because I remember in 2008-ish, you know, just getting out of college or, you know, very young in your career. So you're really not, you mm -hmm. know. And then here we are several years down the line. Let's not say how many because Jesus Christ. But now I understand, like I've heard, of, I know what inflation is, a, a textbook, you know. I know how it affects the economy textbook, but to actually experience it and to see it from all sides, right, and, and for it to affect me from all sides. When I'm a broke college student, I don't care how much food costs, I'm just scraping to get by anyway. But when... I'm an adult with children, and you can't just close your eyes on me. <laughs> better than a yawn. I'm gonna let you go. So in that, on that regard, in nope. that regard, if I'm, I'm an adult with children, I'm. I am an adult with children because I was listening just fine. <laughs> That's what our life looks like, y'all. So we're so tired that Kevin is in front of a camera on a podcast. With his eyes closed. I can imagine that looks crazy on camera. Can we edit my No, uh, my no people, people need to see that we we out here working so hard. We are hard. working for our shareholders and <laughs> we go <laughs> we go tie it in the park street. Oh my God. I cannot believe you. Okay, so anyway, I'm just saying that like now that I have children and a family and a business, I can I feel inflation. It's the first time that I ever felt the economy before. I've read about it, seen, you know, watched it on the news, wasn't quite affected by it, and now I'm like, oh ouch. Yeah, this hurts. Now I get it. But it's a setup for the next time there is the ability to make a lot of money and keep it so that when the market does what it naturally does, which is this again, then we're in a good place to just go and boss to the wall and 
cash grab. So, you know, the interesting part about it is I still feel like even five, ten years from now, people going to look back and be like, I'm, I am going to let you go. See, I, <laughs> I don't have a problem letting you go. I think people are going to look back and be like, I missed out on opportunity right now. I really feel that way because time is an opportunity, right? And as time moves on, you lose opportunities. And it doesn't mean more don't come. Opportunities are like buses, but you're missing them as it's they the pass. It's the bus without a schedule. Like they come in, but you don't know when. But that's a yeah. key too, right? Because then you look up and yeah, you're seven years down the road and you never caught that bus. Um, and the reality of the situation is it's more of can you versus should you? Because I think everybody should. Mm-hmm. Can you and how you can are the questions to ask yourself. Because at the end of the day, you're still riding on a bet on your market, on your ability to change. It's like that $40,000 income you said. If people are betting that they're going to make more money over time, then they'll make longer-term financial decisions Mm -hmm. versus somebody going, I'm going to make $40,000 from now till the day I die. Mm -hmm. And here's a cold part. And somebody told me this. You want to be a millionaire and make $100,000 for 10 years. Boom, you're a millionaire. Now, it's not, that's a very simple way of putting it, but it's the same thing. People have to bet on themselves as far as their ability to not just change their income, make more money, live life, but also just time, time invested in the market. So I think everything is available if you take the challenge to make it work for you or, um, you take on the mantle of educating yourself and how you can take advantage of that. So I think of the people who are getting $150,000 in down payment assistance are maximized. It's like scholarships in college. And when you're in high school, you're like, man, I, I wrote one letter, didn't get no scholarship. I'm like, ain't no money out here. But that's not true because there's case study after case study after case study of children getting three, four, five, six million dollars in scholarships. Million? Yeah, there's people who got a million. No, there's people who got million dollars in scholarships because they applied to it. There are scholarships out there, millions of dollars. I will show you the article. There are people. Yeah, you know, I had some colleges offer me five, twelve million dollars for a scholarship. You remember that? No, my God, (laughs) that's how you sound right now. (laughs) I'm going to show you the article. You are going to have to show me an article that people are getting millions of dollars to go to people. It was one article (laughs) about one person. What I'm saying is, a band scholarship about five million. He's five million. (laughs) Yeah, five million. With that regard. Housing can be affordable. There are tools out there to make it so. You got to decide if you're going to do the work to make it affordable for you. And if you're not going to do the work, then still roll the dice. Or if you don't roll the dice, you're missing opportunity. Um, But this is the Manager Real Estate Podcast. Like, subscribe, and share. Even though I'm falling asleep, I don't care. If you're falling asleep, the audience got to be falling asleep. No, I'm not listening. Anyway, (laughs) and let me say this. For anybody out there who directly wants to see if the market's for them, reach out to a real estate professional in your market. 
Reach out to somebody who can give you an honest assessment of where you are in your situation. Don't let this market deter you from trying. And if you are in my market, reach out to me. (laughs) Just because this is the market where you want solutions-oriented realtors and partners on your side. And between the two of us, because... Little do people know when you get access to me, you get access to Kevin. Between the two of us, we put our brains together. We've worked out some crazy Crazy deals, deals. some crazy deals. deals. And so get at me in this market if you're looking to work out, if you're looking to get in the market and you're trying to figure out, okay, this is what I have. What do I need to do? Give us a call. And if you're trying to figure out how to invest in real estate, and you don't want to get out here and buy a house, you can buy some stock and you can do that in Park Street Homes. So go to startengine.com backslash Park Street Homes and buy some stock. And as little as $500, you can be invested in this market right now. And you don't have to wait. And we'll do all the work for you. Just come to the table. Yep, absolutely. This is the Marriage Real Estate Podcast. This is Kevin Aisha. We out.